Hi, and welcome to the Keep It Clean podcast. The Keep It Clean podcast was developed around an idea of helping to inspire and motivate fellow cleaning professionals by listening to startup stories and histories of others in the business. Twice each month, we will interview industry icons and colleagues and get their story of how they got started in this oftentimes wonderful and sometimes painful business of cleaning things for other people. Hopefully you will like us, subscribe, and follow us so you never miss an episode. And if you would love to throw us a five-star review, we would really appreciate that. It makes a difference on how you find us on Apple. So if you could do that, we'd really appreciate it. And as always, thanks for listening. Today's guest on the Keep It Clean podcast is Mike Payate. Mike started his illustrious cleaning career in 1986 with the infamous Miller's Carpet Cleaning in California's San Fernando Valley. Rather than using their bait-and-switch tactics, Mike developed a soft-sell technique that to this day has him making fans and cheerleaders out of homeowners in northern Nevada. His daughter and staff continue his ways in Mike's first location in Santa Cruz, California. In 2006, Mike started what today is now the only active cleaning industry online bulletin board, Mikey's Board. The inventory of conversations on every business and cleaning related topic possible is a goldmine for new and old cleaners alike. From the board grew Mikey's Fest events, which hosts educational and charitable gatherings for the cleaning obsessed around the country two or three times per year. From the Fest grew a new series of advanced hard surface classes featuring a new way of teaching to our industry with extreme hands-on applications. Mike is now involved with the IICRC as a shareholder representative for Lee Pemberton. Mike is also the owner of GreenGlides.com. Mike is a husband of 36 years, father of two, and an avid off-roader, spending much of his time on the High Chaparral in northern Nevada. Let's welcome Mike Payate. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Keep It Clean podcast. Hi, this is your host, Dane Gregory. Today, we have Mike Payate from Mikey's Board. You may know him and recently more from Green Glides. So we'll hear a little bit about that, I'm sure, as we go through today. So, Mike, let me ask you the question we ask all the people on the Keep It Clean podcast, which is, why did you decide to get into a business that cleans things for other people? Jeez, I, I think back to those days and I was 18 or 19, Dane, and I was actually a dishwasher at a vegan restaurant. And that that tofu grease and grime was just too easy to remove. So I had to challenge myself and get into uh, the coupon racket working for Miller's Carpet Care and go out and clean nasty, grungy polyester carpet that challenged my uh, cleaning urge at the time. Okay. So you had an urge to clean out Miller's? Was that the Well, no, I didn't have an urge. I knocked up my wife and the uh, 300 a week I was making as a vegan dishwasher wasn't cutting it. And I saw an ad for Miller's saying you can make $1,000 a week, bring your own vehicle, a clean DMV, and we'll do the rest. Yeah. Uh, okay. Was that the one that was being run by Mike West? No, different Miller's. He was up in Monterey. Okay. I later became a neighbor of his when I moved up to Santa Cruz. But no, Miller's was a... We'll call it a bunch of brothers and Bill Miller. He's still around. I think he's an Uber driver in uh, Las Vegas now, but he started, he created the whole uh, coupons that used to go out once a week with the missing kid on the back. It's probably all fictitious, but there's a reason to send this coupon out. And that family created the, uh, the two rooms. Sometimes it'd be nine ninety five for two rooms. 
or be twelve fifty, and then five rooms in the hall would be nineteen ninety five, or sometimes twenty four ninety five. But every week they'd send out you know, hundreds of thousands of those things around the uh, San Fernando Valley, and they would hire young innocent idiots like myself to, after three days of training by some other young innocent idiot that knew nothing about cleaning, they rented you a a uh, service steam portable and a jug of soap and a single jet scrub wand and maybe a carpet rake and you were on your own you had a little patch on your arm that said you were certified by miller's carpet care to be a whatever <laughs> provider okay so <laughs> i did that's, that's i did that for a year yeah I, I, I actually enjoyed it i enjoyed the challenge enjoyed being out out and about up until that point i always had jobs in retail or taxi driver in hawaii prior to that when i was 18 but i like to be an out and about and i like the soft sell and like learning about the cleaning process but with miller's was not the place to learn about it i did that for about a year and then we wanted to get out of the san fernando valley and i was we were looking to go to santa cruz where my wife had a, some family and grabbed the yellow pages and looked at the carpet cleaning section and the name Coit rang a bell and I called them and gave them my resume and they said, you're hired. Come on up and we'll give you two weeks of training. And they gave me this big fancy uh, homemade truck mount and this shiny black van. And believe it or not, I did that for almost 13 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Out of, out of Burlingame, which is a suburb or whatever, a small city south of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And I controlled the whole Santa Cruz and Monterey area. That's when I got to know Mike West. And I did quite well with it. Back in the day, that was the, all the way, well, I, I stayed there until 2000, but in late 99, 2000, that's when the internet hit. And one of the managers there at Coit turned me on to the ICS and CleanFax chat boards at the time. So all of a sudden I got to talk to other carpet cleaners. None of the competitors in Santa Cruz would ever talk to each other. And... I think it took me about a less than a year to get the courage to go, wow, I should really go out on my own because I was slowing down on my cleaning process. Through this forum, I started learning you know, about pre-vacuuming and pre-conditioning and scrubbing and spot cleaning and all the things that slow you down and turn you into a well-versed owner-operator. That was starting to happen. But under Coit wages, the only way to make money is doing six, seven jobs a day and upselling on every one of them. So as I slowed down, I was requesting three to four jobs a day. And then I got in the position where they were thinking about making me a trainer manager, but I was over an hour and a half away. I wasn't going to move up to Burlingame. And I kind of gave them an ultimatum. Either you you pay me more and I'll stay and create this area, continue to do a killer job like I was doing. I was really building up the uh, clientele base down there. But they couldn't afford me having doing three jobs a day. You know, the band needed to do six or seven and gross so much, which I, I couldn't do doing the, the ultimate method, pre-vac, pre-scrub, rinse, dry stroke. So I thought about buying some franchises and moving around. But, you know, through those forums, I've, I got the confidence to go out on my own. And small towns, good news travels fast. I think in my first year, I did 140,000. So for one van operation, that, that was pretty good back in the... I would say that, yeah. Yeah, back in 2000. And continued to do it on my own for quite some time until I was forced through a uh, hockey incident where my wife's opposing team broke my leg and she had to take a crash course in carpet cleaning. I would sit on the porch and tell her what to do. 
Yeah. Ironically, three days prior to that, I had gotten the very first green glide equipped carpet cleaning wand and from Ken Harris out of Canada, three days prior to me breaking my leg. So that was the only way my wife was going to be able to learn how to clean carpet overnight was with a glided wand. Yeah. Because prior to that, I just had that ProChem titanium wand, no glide, and I could barely move that thing. I'm, you know, 300 pounds, six foot seven. So she was able to move that thing around. And that led to me working with Lisa and Jeff or Greeny, as he was known at the day. And I coerced them into developing it because that's the guy that originally came out with that, Ken Harris, while he had a uh, vision there with the glides, he couldn't manage and run the business. He couldn't stay consistent, be polite about it. So Lisa and, and Jeff ran with it. And you can read the whole, the whole detailed story on greenglides.com in the history section, but a lot of it had to do with me pushing them to do this. They weren't in a good place with their cleaning business. And this really panned out. And in the first couple of years, Green Glides had no competition. There was, you know, there were no other wands with glides on them at the time. And they were doing incredible numbers. But then the competition took place. And long story short, Lisa ended up with a business after a divorce. And a year and a half ago, she came up to me or basically said, hey, Mike, you started this thing. Guess what? You get to finish it. So she essentially handed it back, whether I wanted it or not. There you go. Yeah. And here I am still doing it two years later. haven't pulled a dime out of the business yet. And if I had to do it forever and not pull a dime out, the industry needs it. Mm -hmm. Every carpet cleaner needs a green glide. There really is no competition. And I would do it for free if I had to. But I'm hoping to make a buck off this thing one of these days. And as we branch into other other projects and products, it's, it's heading that direction. Sure. Interesting. So uh, I was around when those forums started coming out and I found it interesting that you, yeah, you had the ability to talk to other cleaners. See, that's yeah. what I found with association membership. Uh, I went to an association meeting thinking that I'm going to try to steal my secrets. And I found out we didn't have any secrets. We all had the same challenges. We were all carpet exactly. And yeah. so the forums made it easier for us to talk to people that were in different locations that you didn't normally run with because it was on the internet. There were different mm -hmm. things you do. So you're kind of a product of that, reading those things, getting online. So how did that change your business? You had already started, you were doing, I think, fairly well. 140 grand in the first year is, is I think, remarkably good. What did those forums do for you that changed your business model or got you thinking about doing different things? What was the impetus of that? Well, they, they were much smaller back in the day. Facebook hadn't happened yet. It was, you know, it was a lot of familiar faces. You were somehow, and then you could still do that, but you just kind of knew that your next door neighbor wasn't in there. And, and to this day in, in Santa Cruz, where all that was happening, and even here in Gardnerville, Nevada, where I continue to clean, I know that my, my local competitors aren't on there. And even if they were, that's okay. So I'm, I'm okay sharing all that, but it really gives you a level of confidence especially the new guys, to be able to figure this stuff out the same day. You talked about associations. Associations met, you know, every other month or quarterly. And, like, and that was a lot of, that was all local cleaners. So they weren't, I can't imagine them being extremely forthgiving in, in all their tricks because you were the competition. Right. Whereas the internet has a global thing. And, you know, there's been, you know, there's cleaners from all over the world on these things. But that instant knowledge base 
And Grant, it's more confusing than ever because especially with Facebook, you got, you ask a question, you get a hundred answers. When I look at them, I go, wow, there's two correct answers here. The rest is a whole bunch of new guys guessing, trying to look intelligent on something, but it's, you gotta be really careful. You see a lot of really bad and dangerous answers too. So for that reason, I kind of like the forums. They're smaller. People tend to know each other. I see way more correct answers being spouted out on, on Mikey's board. But it's a smaller audience. People like Facebook. I equivalent Facebook to like going to a magazine stand. You know, everything's right there in front of you, all the latest periodicals, but it's hard to do research. Facebook doesn't really set itself up with a, with a good search feature. And you can only scroll back so far. You'll read a discussion in the morning. You go back after work, can't even find it, right? Mm-hmm. If it's a busy room. With Mikey's board, it's much more of a, an old-fashioned library type setting. You can flag comments and you can store things in your own little library. It's way easier to scroll back. And you know, I tell new cleaners, just go back to 2006 and start reading the forum forwards. But jeez, by the, by the time they hit 2008, they're in business. It's, yeah. it's all still there. And I own all that content. It's not going anywhere. God only knows what Facebook could do with these group content. And also all that, all those Facebook groups are private. So a lot of guys, you know, that aren't familiar that those rooms are there, they can't even find it on a Google search. Whereas Mikey's board is optimized to be found. And at any given time, I can log into Mikey's board. Like right now I can go on there and there'll be at least 400 people logged in doing research. I can see what every one of them's doing. And they're reading threads from years ago. It's pretty mm-hmm. interesting how many are on there. That and You probably go to hobbyist forums too, whatever you're into, rifles or bass boat polishing or whatever. There's, there's forums for every hobby. And you don't need to participate on all of them, but as long as there's a search feature, there's a lot of value there. Hmm. I go to a lot of off-roading forums and you know some of my other hobbies. I just read them. I don't participate. I, between my Facebook groups and Mikey's board, that's all I can handle as far as social media networking it's interesting to me you mentioned mikey's board and everybody a lot of the listeners know what mikey's board is how did mikey's board come to be (laughs) i want to get it right from you though (laughs) (laughs) i had worn out (laughs) well clean facts had already kind of died off john downey was gone jeff cross didn't yeah, he didn't want to do it full time and all the traffic had moved to the ics which was evan kessler's group and then also John Gerkink from Trinity OP Systems. He had a group and it was uh, referred to as the Blue Board. And I basically wore out my welcome on those two groups and got kicked off of both of them for offending advertisers or the, the owner of the group. So, and I was already addicted. So it's like you see it a lot on Facebook. You'll see guys get kicked out of a room and then they go start their own. And it'll get up to a couple hundred members and that fades away because it's it's a lot of work and it's thankless work. It's a lot of drama. People call you in the middle of the night, cuss out your wife because you said something bad about their favorite pre-spray. And most of those groups don't last. But they're always coming and going. But somehow Mikey's board's outlasted them all. It's still going. as you know, has a strong turnout every day. And it's for whatever reason, well, I guess I'm the reason, but it's still going. But yeah, that's, that's it in a nutshell. Sure. Well, that, that's kind of what I heard, but I wanted to make sure that I was correct. Mm-hmm. I, I want to uh, say that I let you lead into it and you felt comfortable saying that. But I love <laughs> the idea that this industry is very opinionated in a lot of ways. I, I felt that I served a lot of time on the ISRC board of directors with a lot of opinions coming at you from different directions from not only the board members, but people who were registrants of that organization that were 
telling you we think it should be like this and we think yeah. we like that. And and that's what I love about the independent carpet cleaning industry is it's independent and it's fiercely independent. And there's good in that and there's also the other side of that coin. But that's the, the time is people love helping each other. And I love that about our industry. I don't know really any other industry in my adult life. I haven't worked in other industries, but this one seems to be one of help. When I joined the organization that was our local cleaning organization, we did help each other. And some of us were competitors. As a matter of fact, in my company, my closest competitor and I became business partners. We merged our businesses together. As I'm in Chicago? Well, I was actually in central Wisconsin at the time. Uh, I wouldn't recommend that. We didn't end well, <laughs> uh, but at the same time, all partnerships that were working out. Difficult. <laughs> but it was the idea that we were association brothers first. We had to be friends. We became business partners. It didn't work out as well as we thought. I mean, we stayed together for, I think it was seven years and moved on and everybody moved on to other things. But at the same time, with these forums and these other places, there's so much information now that we didn't have before all this happened. Mm-hmm. And so what do you think has changed because of that? As far as since these forums have come up, what do you think has changed in the well, I think, you know, the interest is there because one, you always have new cleaners coming in. Yeah. I don't think there's ever been a, a more challenging time to become a new cleaner or to find and hire a new cleaner as a technician. But I don't think there's ever been a better time for a well-versed owner-operator to be in business. I mean, you, you can charge whatever you want. You're, you're such a unicorn at this stage. The, the economy of you know, being someone that wants to provide a service and work hard and deal with all the nasty things we deal with, deal with angry homeowners and all that. To talk to any homeowner nowadays and just try and find someone to come out and clean the gutters or wash their windows or you know, fix a light switch or whatever, it's extremely difficult. Oh, yeah. It's like to anybody that enjoys their work. So if you enjoy doing this, you got to know your worth. But with our industry, things do change a lot. I don't know if they change as much in plumber world, electrician world, but like you said, I don't think other industries do what we do. And a good example is you know, Mikey's Fest. I mean, can you imagine a, a plumber or roofer convention where they get together and clean Ronald McDonald houses, but then sit around and tell each other all their, each other, all their secrets and empty their guts in front of one another and Oh, you've been, you've been to my events, a couple yeah. of them. They, they keep getting bigger and better. And the, the speakers that I bring in are just. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Phenomenal, but it's, I, I don't see that with other, other industries. Not to the level that you do it. So I want to talk about that in a second, but first I want to take a break and hear from one of our sponsors. So we'll be back on the Keep It Clean podcast right after this. I can see it now. Your cleaning company markets on social media, but you're not seeing the results you'd hoped for. You often wonder about what to post and if another before and after will finally convert more sales. Hi, I'm Ashley Gregory Hackett. I'm a digital marketing coach and I grew up in the cleaning industry. In fact, you're listening to my dad's podcast right now. I've created a solution for cleaning business marketers that takes the struggle out of social. The Content Cleanup, 50 done-for-you social media templates that will allow you to set your social in as little as five minutes a week. Along with my proven spotless social system, you'll spend less time on your social media with bigger results. For a limited time, the Content Cleanup is available at a significant discount. Don't wait. Visit ashleythecoach.com slash content cleanup. 
we're back on the Keep It Clean podcast with Mike Payate. We were just talking about, he brought up Mikey's Fest. And I want to hear the origins of that because I think I know where it came from. I want to say it came out of a Winterfest idea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There was, you know, had run Summerfest. And that was a very early on collection, the the online carpet cleaners. And the well, the first one might have been 1999. And that was, was more out out east and they'll get together in the, in the summer and play with truck mounts and have spotting challenges and maybe have some speakers. And there's kind of a day and a half of that. Somebody wanted to do a winter fest and that happened out in Fresno. I attended that. There's a good 30, 40 cleaners. There are quite a few famous people. I look back to the picture, the group shot from that. And you would recognize a lot of the people that came out from that, from all over the country. Mm-hmm. And then the, the person that hosted that didn't want to do it again. So I raised my hand and uh, yeah, the, the first year, the t-shirts, everything was, was Winterfest. And I had just bought my first Vortex. That was 2004. And Lisa from Green Glide just started jokingly calling it Mikey's Fest. And that name just stuck. It was never my intention. To, yeah, I, she named Mikey's Board. Uh, I would have called it something cool like Truck Mount Forums. Who knows? But Lisa's played a big part in my whole uh, career as a carpet online carpet cleaner uh, personality. But so I, I did a couple of them just right there in Santa Cruz, California. The first one was literally in my garage. We went and cleaned a couple of my commercial counts, a roller skating rink, a hotel, uh, I think a pizza restaurant. And then we had some speakers come in and we used uh, my local buddy there. He had a service master franchise and we used his shop to have some speakers. And then we did quite a few in Santa Cruz. We'd rent like vets halls, veteran foreign affairs or uh, other community buildings. And again, we'd go out and clean, but then we'd have speakers and we'd just geek out doing all the carpet cleaner stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I started traveling with them. We did one out at Legend Brand's place in Nashville and Jim Bardwell, Jim from yep. Fire Protect America. We were looking for some place to clean because the hotel wouldn't let us do it. A lot of times we did clean the hotel floor, but logistically it turns into a nightmare with wet slippery floors during the daytime. So he had somebody on staff with him at John Browning's place that ran a autistic center for kids. And so our group showed up and we had a pretty good group, a lot of, a lot of famous cleaners there, but the whole thing was done in like two hours. It just wasn't that big, but everybody's like, wow, this is a ton of fun getting together doing this. So. Along with Mark Sager and his brother, Kirk, and Joey Harper, a real great guy out of Florida, we came up with, they knew about a Ronald McDonald house in St. Pete that wasn't getting serviced. And we made it, got connected with them. I forget how much time went by, maybe half a year or something, but we, we went out there and cleaned that one. And it was actually three buildings. So we had to separate into three groups, three houses. And that was a real successful event. We went back and did that one a couple of times. But then other houses were starting to reach out to us. And I, I realized, yeah, I couldn't go back to these same houses every year. So my goal was to bring awareness to the needs of the Ron McDonald house in these communities and get enough cleaners to come in, see what was happening, get them to give their information to the house manager. Say, hey, when you need bedroom, living room, couch, whatever, contact us. So we can either come in as a group or, you know, individually, if it's a small project. And that's worked well. And, you know, that, that happened there in Florida. We haven't need to go back. Minnesota, same thing. Uh, where else? Greenville, South Carolina. And then the, the only area we're needing to go back to is, is Phoenix. 
Phoenix is, in my opinion, that whole valley is the most competitive area for carpet cleaning there is in, in the country because the weather's good all year long. So there's right. tons of cleaners there. And how do tons of cleaners compete by being the low cost leaders? So they all hate each other and they don't want to gather. So we'll bring in 120 cleaners into Phoenix and two of them are from Phoenix. Nah. You know, <laughs> none of the locals can afford to take the time off or they don't want to be there with their competitors. It's a really strange thing, mm-hmm. but we like going there. It's a, it's, a, it's a super fun town there where we stay in Scottsdale and the houses are super needy. Yeah. We, we haven't been able to do it in a couple of years because of COVID. Right. Our next event's actually in San Diego, which that was one of those houses that called us and said, Hey, we heard about what you do and we'd love to get our floors cleaned by you. And I said, well, can I get you on the schedule? And I gave him some date that was a year and a half out. And they go, no, we, because of whatever reason it was, they needed it done within two weeks. And I go, well, it was January of 20. And guess who's the first person I called to see if they could help out? Your good buddy, Reg Rogers. Oh. And Reg was like, man, I'm all in. So he, he flew out to my place into Reno. He and I took this epic road trip through Death Valley going down to San Diego. The tops, the Trinity OP systems guys, they, they jumped in their van. They drove all the way out from Kentucky. And two weeks notice, I got 65 cleaners from Southern California to show up, clean this massive Ronald McDonald house. But we came unprepared. Normally I go out, I'll visit the house and walk the property, see all their needs. And I'll orchestrate all the equipment, what we need for what. I mean, you saw that Minnesota project we did. I mean, that was massive. Oh, yeah. But that we had to bring in the franchise to do that one. We had who had Zero Res and Coit and Stanley. And, there were uh, a bunch of people there. I remember that. Yeah. I was also at the Las Vegas one. Patrick yeah. and I were there. Patrick was over from Austria at the time. We came to that one. And I love those events. I wish I could attend more of them because I think that there's a groundswell of support. There's a feeling that you get that you don't get in a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. And, and I love being around cleaners. I'm a cleaner at heart. That's what I do. I chose this. And I, and I like being around talking with people about what they're doing and how they're doing. It. And I think you've brought that out in people. And, and I think that's commendable. I think there's a market for that pretty much everywhere. And you're leaving a legacy here where there's a lot of people that are going to have to have some big shoes to fill eventually. Well, the the attendees, I mean, it's a a true win-win for for number one, that the families and their kids win because they get, they get their, their rooms clean. It's a lot of those families have been in there for a year or two. They're living there full time and they're at the hospital every day, seven days a week. Last thing they want to do when they come home at night is clean the room. Right? So we arrange to have all the families get out of there for a day and we go in and just clean them head to toe. We've been doing wall cleaning, window cleaning, debugging. I mean, you name it. So they're, they're extremely grateful. The house doesn't need to spend money hiring a pro. We get new cleaners that come in. They may never, they may not even own their equipment yet. And they come and they learn. And then we get guys like you that show up 50 year vets that are willing to teach these new guys at the same time as we're cleaning these homes. So it's, I mean, it's just this, Beautiful synergy that happens that it's just getting every, every fest. Well, what's our new quote? The next fest is the best fest. And, and somehow with my team, we've managed to just outdo ourselves every time with, between the, the quality of the speakers and the interaction of, of the, the learning experience, what happens, equipment and the demos. And usually there's some, something always happens that's you know, borderline magical. It just blows people away. And I'm really, I, I'm taking a year off because I just got so much stuff going on. But the next event is January 23 at the San Diego house. But this time we're going in 
fully armed. We know what we're into. I just, I went out there for Christmas this year just to look at it again and refresh my memory. And they're super thrilled to have us. They're a real unusual house and they're the only house at the whole global organization that did not close during COVID. Even though they were ordered to, they said, no, we can't do that to our families. We can't do that to the local community here because they're in a hospital setting that depends on us to feed them. This is a, this is a big one. And they have this, you can tell their fundraisers are out of this world. I don't know if they used to work for Jerry Lewis Telethon or what, but they think they auction off million dollar houses in San Diego and Lamborghinis. I mean, they know how to bring it money. It's really incredible. They're going to help influence our event, bringing a lot of special touches to it. Mm-hmm. We got a beautiful resort right on the water, giving us a killer rate. And that's a nice thing is that the hotels usually work with us. They understand what we're doing and they try and give us the best rate possible. And we're going to have our classes there at the hotel and these rooms that are right on the water. So two of the walls in these rooms are, you know, overlooking the, the San Diego Bay there. Mm-hmm. And again, tell Reg, you want to come to this one? Cause he's, he's definitely coming. <laughs> his, his new girlfriend's coming. She's going to help administrate because she came to the last one in Phoenix. She was just blown away. She said, I'd never see anything like this. Yeah. I think that's, that's the feeling that you get when you mm-hmm. attend your first event. You're like, wow, this is really interesting. There's like you said, a lot of synergy there, but not only that, but occasionally you get to, you know, work with the families. Now I've, we've got some friends coming to visit us down while we're down here in Florida. And this was way before I'd never heard of Ronald McDonald Hobbs until our friends had to live there for a while when their daughter was going through cancer treatments. So personally for me, it was a big deal because these are good friends. I stood up in their wedding. She stood up in our wedding. We've been friends for a long time. And when you go to someplace like that and you get to see what they do for these families, it really kind of tugs at your heartstrings and, and you know that you're doing something good. And that's the feeling I always wanted. I felt when I went to the Las Vegas one and the Minneapolis one, I was actually at the one in Nashville that was held at Dry Ease years ago, early on when I was working with Bridgewater at the time. And I just, I ended up there somehow. I don't think I was invited at all, but uh <laughs> I ended up there. And again, you see things from a different perspective once you get to know that, because I'm thinking back in my mind about the Winterfest thing. And wasn't it something with John Downey trying to prove a point somewhere? Because you um, were- Yeah, that, well, his, not John, Mike Downey came I to think. the third or fourth one, which was still a you know, real small one in, in Santa Cruz. And yeah, he wanted to prove how valuable the, the steam and demon was. And we were cleaning the roller rink and yeah, the, the steam and demon, you hook up to a faucet and the water goes through the machine and it goes out to a hose that's supposed to go into the toilet or utility sink. Well, Mike's hose wasn't quite long enough and it pulled out of the, sh- the shower basin. So while he was cleaning one area of the roller rink, he was flooding the other. <laughs> <laughs> no, that didn't go over too well. No, probably not. Yeah. But yeah, that was, that was a classic scene. I still got a lot of pictures and videos from that one, <laughs> but, so, but every event always has its story and they're all memorable. I mean, sure. I've done so many of them. It's sometimes it's hard to keep track, but I am really excited about this San Diego one. Just, Good. just because Phoenix went so well that this is going to just, again, be the best one. So going back to the, the history of Mike Payate starting his own business back in the early 2000s, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, 2001. Uh, 2001. And so obviously you don't see yourself doing this in 2021, 20 years later of, Hey, I'm going to be running these events and I'm going to have this Mikey's board and all this other stuff. Cause you're still today out moving a wand every day, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the most relaxing thing I do. 
is go out and clean carpet. And I live in a real small town, Gardnerville, Nevada. Everybody's kind of like-minded. It didn't take me any time at all to become known as, you know, the, the best carpet cleaner in town. Cause I'm the only one that pays attention to, you know, the current trends and does all the, the steps and uses the best equipment and all that. I got real involved in the community here. I started running an off-road club and we do a, what I call high desert cleanups. We go out and pull vehicles and appliances, garbage out of the, out of the desert. Uh, for some reason, people just, they'll travel 30 miles out in the middle of nowhere to dump off $5 worth of trash rather than take it to the dump, you know, <laughs> and it's just, a, it's just something the desert attracts. So between that and then the often overlooked power of Facebook community groups, you know, whatever town you live in, there is a group of, for that community, Jonesboro, Alabama, Facebook community group. And they talk about whatever, where pickles are on sale, what bush the cops hiding behind, whose dog is this on my porch, all this the, the tiny little Mayberry type conversations, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I participate on those just as Joe Average. I don't, you know, nobody knows who I, I am or what I do, but people take notice of, you know, whether I'm joking around, put, publishing funny memes, or I put a lot of historical con- content about that. I'm kind of a history buff on this area. And I just put out interesting stuff and slowly but surely that took place. And now when somebody inevitably, once a day, somebody says, I need my carpets clean, cheap, or the best, or the quickest, or the th- whatever, my name will dominate 75% of the time of people throwing it out there. And that's the best advertising I do, and it costs me nothing but, but time. Well, I'd consider that brand building. You're putting your, Mike Payate is your brand. Yeah. And so that's what you're putting out there. And, and you find that that's the participation level you have to be in. Back in the day before we had internet, we were joining the Chamber of Commerce. We exactly. were getting on committees. We were really doing the same things, but we had to do it more locally and probably more face-to-face. Mm-hmm. You didn't have the advantage of, I think yeah. email was just really coming into its own. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and again, but different. Now, so what's different about your company today than when you started in 2001? Oh, boy. I, I think I know the value. I'm able to figure out the value of a good referral source a whole lot easier now. Um, that's, I still kick myself from the early days for a, cu- a couple of customers that I charged full price and I didn't realize what a good res- referral source they could have been. The designer, realtor, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you learn from your mistakes, but first time customers spend all the time in the world there, do everything you can to, to leave a lasting, memorable impression. doesn't make it, no matter if you make a dime, you're not making money off a of first time customer, especially if you paid to get there through AdWords or coupon or Yellow Page or whatever. So make sure they call you back. And that's, that's kind of my pet peeve where I see a lot of advice given to new cleaners saying, oh, just get whatever you can afford. Get an Oric Orbiter, get a portable. And a new cleaner doesn't have any cleaning skills. They don't have the vocabulary. They have no experience to speak from. They need all the help they can get. They need the biggest, most powerful Vortex truck mount to make up for all their lack of everything to hopefully do a good enough job to where they're memorable and they get called back and most importantly referred. But when you go in with an Orbit shoe polisher and a 100 PSI portable, you're doing a horrible job and you're never going to get called back and you probably paid $150 one way or another to get in there. So you really need to start big in this industry. If you can't afford it, then it's probably, <laughs> you must, you better have really good charm and then the, the gift of gap to be able to get over all those stumbling blocks. But 
having having all this stuff that I have now, I was really able to start up here in Gardnerville, Nevada. What's well, been six years, right out of the gate, you know, just it's it's so easy and intuitive to me now, and I really enjoy it. My first job today, I think it took me an hour and twenty before I even pulled the vacuum out of the truck. I saw a Jeep in the guy's backyard and we started telling stories to each other about, you know, where we ride and what adventures and all that stuff. And that's what I enjoy. I only put one or two jobs on the schedule. I prefer just one, really. Mm-hmm. But I have no overhead. I, you know, everything's paid for, no advertising. And if I do four or five jobs a week, I'm doing fine because I got other revenue sources. But uh, I really enjoy it. And it, you know, enables me to develop the green glides thing. You know, I'm always thinking of new ways to make them better and to, I developed this new hard surface glide from over here in Nevada and a big military project I have where I'm always trying to figure out how to clean these vinyl units a little quicker. Mm-hmm. It gives me things to talk about on Mikey's board. If I wasn't out cleaning anymore, what, what am I going to talk about? <laughs> most, of, most of these things on the forums are all war stories, right? So it's, a lot are, but yeah. It's, it's, you know. yeah. It gets off topic, but the good stuff that people really come there for are the war stories or the questions and lead into interesting discussions. But I still enjoy it and because I'm not doing those five, six, seven jobs a day like I was with Coit six days a year, six days a week. It's not taking its toll, but I'm still getting out and getting a little exercise. Yeah, I think as we get older, we learn quickly to slow down and charge more. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it's easier to do that. So I want to ask about the brush glide in a second, but I want to take another break here and hear from another sponsor. So we'll be back in uh, just a couple of minutes. Carpet Cleaner America. Our counter-rotating brush technology began in Austria in 1979 and continues today to be a force in the industry all across the world. Our CRB machines are sold in over 58 countries and several territories. These machines are legendary, dependable, and built to last a lifetime, and perhaps even longer. With all that age and geography comes a little bit of wisdom. Our machines are dependable enough to help get more from your carpet cleaning process by using our Pro Series or TM Series machines to accomplish any number of tasks in your clients' homes or businesses. From carpet to tile to vinyl floors, and yes, even hardwood with our dry compound cleaning media, Carpet Cleaner America machines work on them all. From pile lifting to deep vacuuming, from agitating your pre-spray before extraction cleaning to low moisture pickup encapsulation, from vinyl to tile to putting us into a rug pit, we brush it all. And we pick it up, too. Ask your local distributor for an Austrian machine made to last a lifetime or find us at carpetcleaner-usa.com. Hey, we're back on the Keep It Clean podcast with Mike Payette, and I wanted to ask Mike about it. I saw a video recently, I think you sent it to Reg a couple of weeks ago, and he showed it to me on his phone about a brush glide that cleans hard surfaces. Give, give us a little background on that. Well, yeah, you're well-versed. You, of all people, are well-versed in what a spinner does, whether it's the Turbo Hybrid, SX-15, or all the others. Mm-hmm. And then you got the hard surface wands, which for some reason... I've begged and pleaded with all the manufacturers of those to make one that was actually unique and designed for wet extraction because they're all dry vacuums for backpack vacuums with that loosey-goosey swivel and the 14-inch head with the jets inside the manifold that don't have any velocity. It's like an upside-down funnel. Everything's going the wrong way. And they have horrible pickup. They don't clean against the edge. The ergonomics on the S bend of those tubes is often seems like it's designed for somebody that's four foot eight. <laughs> and they're just not fun to use. 
Yeah, if, if you want to do something, you want your technicians to do something, make it fun to do, right? Fun and easy. And a lot of carpet cleaners, myself included, just found it easier to just use your carpet cleaning wand and kind of sacrifice your Teflon glide running it over tile and grout. But there's issues with that. For one, you're wearing that glide and those things are 200 bucks and it's hard on them. But with uh, this recent trend and real crappy flooring, hard surface flooring, Namely, the, the LVP with the six mil coating, which is about as thick as a coat of floor wax. And then this huge problem with porcelain floors that can now be scratched. You can scratch a porcelain floor with a Teflon glide. That's how weak these glazes, if we want to call it that, are on a lot of modern porcelain that you buy at Home Depot and Lowe's. And I got this big, long discussion, and it's turned into a real industry phenomenon of, of sorts that you really got to be careful cleaning porcelain. So in cleaning, I have a military account. It's my biggest customer in Gardnerville, and half the units are, are vinyl, thin sheet vinyl, and they're very easy to scratch. And I've always, you know, I've done hundreds of these units, and every time I was doing it a little different way, trying to figure out how to get it done quicker, get under the corners, get under the, the cabinets, get up to the edge. And they're never dirty enough to run a spinner. And I hate running a spinner because they're short. I got a hunch over. It's a two-handed affair. And it doesn't get to the edge unless you turbo tilt and splash the wall. It doesn't get into the corners or too high to get under the cupboards. So you'd have to come in with the other wand and it had its shortcomings. So I was doing it with the, you know, the, the Teflon glide. And I was trying my best to convince somebody else to do something like this, but no one would take the leap. And I, I think it was the Bonzer, which is the zipper knockoff machine, that it came with a brush glide of sorts that, but the brushes went all the way around the vacuum orifice and it effectively lifted up that Bonzer zipper head so far off the ground that half the water sprayed it out the side. And I told Rotovac about that and they said, well, we could fix it, but we're going to just, just discontinue those brush glides. Nobody's buying it. But that got me thinking, and this green glides thing came into being, and I started working with our engineer, our CNC guy, talking about it. And one thing led to another. We we had the, the Malish company do the tufting for us and went through quite a few revisions before we got it right. Little movements, but it was very expensive getting it right because every little movement costs a lot of money. Move this oh, yeah. to the left and took a long time. And even now, when I want to develop a new we have it for uh, whatever, five or six wands, which I'm working on developing it, developing it for the AW29, which is the number one wand in the carpet cleaning industry. Not because it's the best performer, but because it's cost two, $300. And it's short and light and cleaners just get used to it and they, they'll use it their whole career. But there's some challenges with that one that I'm working on to overcome, but that'll be our best seller. But what you end up with is is a wand that safely cleans these finals and porcelains and stone. And if you turn your pressure way down, you know what you're looking at. Remember, ID is everything. Know what you're cleaning. You can even clean wood floors with these things. If it's real wood and you turn your pressure down to 70 PSI, which is doable with a truck mount because you got a ball valve and then post. But yeah. Now, it, it, there's no resistance. When you're pushing a, a traditional gecko raptor type head, it locks down. Right, because the vacuum's trapped. It's hard to move, and then you pick it up, and the water dumps out because there's no velocity in that head. Doesn't clean the edge. And my running joke is, operating one of those things is like walking a blind dog down the street. It just goes all over the damn place. It's really hard to control because the swivel has no tension on. 
It's just, it would, if you took the hose off, it would spin like a propeller. The good swivel wads nowadays are real tight. You actually have to turn the head with the, the handle, assist handle. But um, I, I prefer a 12-inch rigid titanium wand, the one that Sapphire makes. It has tremendous airflow. The brush glide plugs right in. There's no air loss. And up to seven, 800 PSI, you get tremendous recovery and no resistance going over the floor. And you can just, you can upsell it by ma'am while I'm here. I can clean the, the pathways to your living room and your kitchen at the same price because it, it's easier than carpet cleaning. You're not having to use two tools. If you get to these floors often enough, you're not having to do alkaline, then acid, and then getting down your hands and knees. Just mop down a good alkaline cleaner, give it a little bit of time, go out to the van, clean your windows, get on Facebook, BS a little bit, come back in, run that wand over. It all comes out. Hey, I haven't used my spinner in a year and a half. I clean a lot of tile and grout. A bit. Just don't need it. If you give it dwell time, it, and nowadays all the grout is so loaded with polymers and magic stuff that you don't even need to really seal the grout anymore. It, it cleans up regardless. So I'll clean tile and grout and vinyl all day long at 50 cents a foot. And big smile on my face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was around the days, I was the first guy with a spinner in Santa Cruz. I was, you know, spraying dry treat sealer for two bucks a foot and cleaning for a dollar fifty. And yeah, we got it for a year and a half before the local suppliers started selling spinners with a half day class to everybody. And then the price went way down. True. But with the trends of carpeting only being maybe in staircase in the bedrooms anymore, you better figure out how to clean the rest of that house for an affordable price in middle America. Track homes. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. the pendulum is swinging uh, way the other way towards hard surface now, especially with hardwood. All of the home remodeling shows, that's all they're showing is hardwood. So there's a bunch of that type of stuff out there. Carpet will come back, but it's going to be a while. Yeah. And they're going to have to make a concerted effort to it. I think last year was the first year they had an increase in shipments in a long time. So mm-hmm. it is, I mean, carpet's always going to be around. We get that. But yeah, being well-rounded, having other things to do, I think that's a big part of being a cleaner in today's market. Yeah. It's not all just carpet. So, um, Well, you said if you go to like surfaces happened last week and you said everything they're showing is hardwood, I think you should say is photographs of hardwood. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in a lot of cases, you know, a lot of it, it's, it's MDF, medium density fiberboard with a picture of wood. And if you come in there with any hard surface tool, mine included, and start spraying water on that floor, you're gonna, you're in a world of trouble. So. There's another thing we haven't taught on is, you know, Brian Thompson and I, we just did our third one and we teach it either at the IICRC Global Resource Center in Vegas or out at the MB Stone Training Center in um, Wilson, North Carolina. But we teach what we call an advanced hard surface class. And it's three days, six different subjects. and It's all hands-on. And one of the big things is about ID. And I know you and Reg did that with floor thing recently. I know you guys talk about it a lot, but mm-hmm. if you're going to clean hard surface, you have to know what you're cleaning because there's so many floors out there that if you mess up just by putting water on that floor and it's one of those MDFs and there's open seams, you just bought that floor. Better be well insured. So we go over that a lot. We go over stone countertops and mm-hmm. minor restoration, removal, soap scum removal, polishing. We do marble floor polishing, basics, on-site area rug cleaning, a lot of caulking and grout repair, color sealing, virtually everything you can do in the home, but clean the carpet. You leave the carpet part out. But it's a small class. We limit it to 15 people. 
And everybody, we took, you know, we take surveys at the end of the class, they fill out a form. And every time people say, I wish it was another day, you know, so we're going to have to start doing four days. Yeah. You know, I haven't seen Brian in a while. Uh, Whenever I hear his name, I always get a smile on my face because when I first started doing SMT classes for ISCRC back in 2004, he Mm -hmm. was uh, selling for TurboForce at the time. Mm -hmm. And I think I did 66 classes my first year that and he would he must have been at 40th because he would take the break time and he would tell everybody that hey come see my turbo tool and, and then i'd be like yeah you know, smart idea you mm-hmm. know and, and he sat in there we had dinner many many times again so i always i always get a chuckle when i hear brian's name i'm like yep he's still out there slinging so good yeah well, he he just took a job with mb stone yeah. and he's, he's a sales rep for them he's gonna be traveling a lot but brian i think gave me the ultimate uh testimonial for the hard surface one because he started TurboForce with them. He's worked for U.S. products, worked for Legend Brands. And when he first saw this hard surface glide work, he's, holy cow, Mike, that thing extracts better than the whatever equivalent, the Raptor, I think they called it, which it really does. And coming from it, that meant a lot. Good. But yeah, Brian's a huge wealth of knowledge and a great teacher, and he just loves it. And his main goal at, at MB Stone is going to be teaching. So oh, good. I'm happy for him to found that gig for himself. Nice. So, uh, you mentioned earlier that at one point when you had just gotten a brand new wand from somebody up, I think it was up in Canada, that you had to teach your wife how to be a carpet cleaner because you broke your leg playing hockey. Mm-hmm. So, give me a little bit of that because I'm interested in hockey stuff. <laughs> well, it's kind of cool because right when I moved to Nevada, the Golden Knights came to be out of Las Vegas and boy, that. They got an owner that likes to spend money. So every time a great player becomes open on the free market, the gold, they come to the Golden Knights because they want to come to Vegas, get out of the cold, and they know it's a team that likes to spend money. But but yeah, I became a, a hockey fan when Wayne Gretzky came to L.A. And ever since, that's the only sport I'll watch. Only thing I'll yeah, hockey's just nonstop. And but you, I mean, are you into hockey? You got a favorite team? Or are you a Blackhawks fan? Or well, I did come from Chicago, so yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. But I was a hockey official for 25 years. No kidding. So I've spent a lot of time around hockey rinks. Uh, so you were playing and it broke? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. My wife tricked me and shattered a fibula, tibula, whatever it was. Oh, so, wow. yeah, that was that was her, uh, her Hail Mary. She had to go out and clean carpets. <laughs> <laughs> so she had to pay a penance for that. Yeah, I'd sit on the porch with my leg up and I, she'd ask me what to do and one week into it, she was going on her own. She was doing a thousand, fourteen hundred dollar days by herself. Wow. With a week's experience. I mean, she knew the jargon. She'd yeah. been answering the phone. Sure. But she never pushed the wand. And I'll still remember the, the first time she scratched the table. Oh God, she felt so bad. Hmm. It was all because the wand had a little bolt sticking out of that handle. So that's always been yeah, that, 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 line, that damn bolt. Yeah. It brings back funny memories. When when I first started my carpet cleaning uh, stuff, I just started out as a carpet cleaner. I started out as a janitorial service, then got into carpet cleaning because my cousin worked for Adler and Son in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I went with him for a couple of days, and this guy made some serious money. I got to get a piece of that. But my wife would go with me. I had a portable. I had a rug bug unit from Multispray Systems out of Minneapolis. Sure. And they actually made a carpet cleaning unit. I still have uh, both of them. Wow, what does that look like? They, they don't do an extractor anymore. They just no. It, it was uh, it was on a furniture dolly type of thing. Mm-hmm. You had a seven hundred and fifty psi cat pump that was separate from the vacuum unit. That's dangerous uh-huh. on the portable. That's well, yeah, I didn't know enough at the time to understand that. 
But yeah, they were like a 12 gallon fiberglass recovery tank. Mm-hmm. And then you just fill the five gallon bucket as your supply tank. Wow. And you had a little pump that would pull it out of the five gallon bucket. On the furniture then, dolly. Yeah. And so you could clean yeah. stairs with it. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah there's somebody who makes something very similar like that. Still to this day that he markets towards hotels and he leases it to them. He'll come <laughs> in and fix them and update them. I'm trying to remember the name, but he's still around. Yeah, this and, one was uh, this one was called the rug bug, and it was called bug. the one trip because you could wrap the hoses around the handle, yeah. or you could put the pump on the bottom of the unit, and you could hustle it up the stairs. I didn't even like do that. I'd fit in a little hidden pocket on there, and you were yeah, good exactly, yeah. exactly. So, any advice you'd give the little cleaner today? Well, like I said earlier, don't go cheap on your equipment. Take as many in person classes as you can. Ride along, ride along, ride along. Go work for another company in your area before you start. Learn, learn, learn. Don't go out there and learn on your customers' uh, floors. That's what so many do. And they know it's not a good thing to get repeats and referrals by learning there. So learn on somebody else's time. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's what I did with Coit, not intentionally. But yeah, to go out there and just learn. Because I get the calls every day, whether it's through people that came to the fest or the thousands of people that Mikey's for that. I get a lot of people from YouTube asking me because I got a you know pretty popular YouTube channel. And then now with green glides, holy moly, my phone never stops, but whew, there's a lot of misinformation out there. And yeah. if people just did some ride alongs, you know, even offered up free help to someone that's busy, find someone on one of these forums that's nearby, but not so near that they're going to look at you as competition. And offer them some free labor for a month or something. I mean, yeah, you're going to work for free for a month, but you're going to save millions <laughs> in mistakes. Your insurance guy will love you. But yeah, it's not It's not like window cleaning where you can just go buy a bucket and a squeegee and some dishwashing detergent and go out there and start washing windows. You're cleaning some very valuable things. A lot of things can go wrong. And you need to know, you need to know your surfaces. You never want to ask Mrs. Jones, what kind of floor is this I'm about to clean, Mrs. Jones? You want to tell her what it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, find the right education. And that's that's one of the things we do with Mikey's Fest is that we do a tuition program. And you have to be in business for under a year and kind of struggling. And you fill out this application. We ask to see your Facebook page, your website, whatever marketing you're doing. And we do our pretty good due diligence, but we end up paying their way to come to the event. Flight and hotel. And we've had tremendous success with that, that they'll come back the next year. We got guys that it was so life-changing to them. They start donating and they start sponsoring somebody every year because it's, you come to an event like that and you're immersed with 120 some odd pros and you walk away with five years, 10 years ahead of the game with all the knowledge you picked up. Better take notes. Yeah. And but, they do uh, like yeah. to share. Yeah. They, they do like to share. So that's good. Well, intro, thank you, Mike. I appreciate the time today. Uh, gave a lot of insight into how it all works. So thanks again for coming out and we'll look forward to seeing you down the road. Yeah. See you at the next event. Hey, you good. Well, I guess Mike tells it like it is. And there's the evidence of it. As you heard him just tell you what it was all the way through that interview. So thanks Mike for doing that. We really appreciate it. Well, another edition of keep it clean is complete. Hope you find our topics and guests refreshing and inspiring. And I also hope that you will like us subscribe and leave us a review again those five-star reviews really make a difference on how apple puts us up there for podcast uh, reviews so if you wouldn't mind doing that we'd really appreciate it and we don't want you to miss a single episode hi i'm your host dan gregory wishing you well in your cleaning and restoration endeavors as always thanks for listening and remember 
keep it clean.